Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the first episode of Unscripted. With me today is Yasmin Khatun, journalist and broadcaster, and uh, Nadim Daoud, academic and historian. And I'm the host for today, Kerry Bullivant, who's an activist and journalist. We're going to be speaking today about the CTS bill that's just been passed and what it means for Muslims going forward in the UK. I th I'll start with Yasmin. You've been covering this yesterday. What, what were your thoughts on the, on the bill? Uh, I have. Um, I've been following this for the last few sort of months, to be honest, as it, as it went through, as we found more and more details. If we heard Theresa May's statement on this, I think it was very clear what this meant. It was sort of killing the ideology um, which breeds extremism. Um, I thought her words were very meant and, and very clear in what they were trying to say. Obviously, we know this has now come into effect because when the press statement was put out 24 hours, within 24 hours, it would come into effect somewhere and then. Uh, latter parts will be going through Parliament in the next few weeks, we'll go into March. It's very, very scary. Nadim, I mean, for, for me, this idea of, sort of doctors and, and uh, teachers and nursery school teachers uh, being legally forced to spy upon the, our community, um, it, it reminds me of the Gestapo, or of sort of neighbour on neighbour. Is, is, is that hyperbole? Yeah, I think within this sort of policy of collective spying, especially, like you said, with teachers and doctors and GPs, people that we inherently trust, people that we go to, uh, especially GPs when we're at our sort of most vulnerable and lowest points, um, and teachers who you know, mould the next generation. Uh, and again, I mean, people that we turn to for advice and, and trust, it, it does. It does ring true that it, there are sort of echoes of this Gestapo type policy, you know, spying on each other and this, this creating this uh, environment where there's distrust, uh, where everyone is looked upon with suspicion, and and it's uh, it's, it's the, the potential of this to do harm to communities is, is incredible. I, th I think it's going to be hugely damaging for for community <clears throat> relations. I mean, I can already see that if people feel that their their doctors and the, and their and their teachers are going to be spying on their kids, that Muslims might start pulling away from civil society even more, well, I think and that's isolating the thing. themselves. I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think uh, societies um, are cohesive through the presumption of innocence. Um, you don't walk around um, looking for for faults in people. You presume innocence um, mm. amongst the people that you're around. So if you're presuming guilt, then you get the reverse. If you're presuming and looking for guilt and you're looking for things um, which are you looking for things that can be very hostile, looking for people who you sus you're suspecting of being a terrorist of sorts, somebody who is going to harm mm. you. That sort of a that sort of atmosphere in any society um, creates. Yeah, it damages the fabric of society. What about the, 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 the exceptionalism that's inherent in, in this? And by that, I mean the fact that this largely targets Muslims um, and sort of separates them out from the rest of society, from the rest of, from the rest of Britain. Um, are there any other historical examples where these sorts of things have happened and the effects of it? I'll yeah. The spot there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are actually sort of uh, early 20th century uh, we're talking about sort of World War One time, 1912 to 1920, and at this time, you know, maybe you may, may remember that uh, the IRA uh, and the Irish Republican movement was gaining a lot of momentum at its height, 
Uh, at this point, the British actually legislated something very similar um, called the Defence of the Republic Act. Uh, and essentially it was, uh, again, targeting a specific community, uh, and that community was Catholic Irish uh, people. Uh, and essentially it was saying that, you know, well, you have to toe the line, you have to be, um, you know, you have to believe in these values that we mm. believe in, um, and you have to sort of support the empire and support the, the crown and the government in its uh, efforts in, in the war. So this, what, this what is not that, what was the upshot of that. Uh, the upshot, you mean, you mean sort of the, the effects uh, the of the community? Effects of it? The... Well, I mean, I think anyone who's familiar with the IRA history uh, will, will know what happened. <laughs> uh, will know what happened. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate that, that, that this sort of damaging legislation has to be put into place in order to try and, in some sort of, I don't know if it's a misguided way or if it's actually very, you know, inherent clarity or, uh, you know, to sort of damage communities. The well, IRA I mean, and the Irish. I mean, that that, that <clears throat> legislation led, in in some ways, to, to Black Sunday and the yeah, massacre, exactly. to the massacres, and to what became the, the greatest recruiting sergeant for the IRA. Exactly. Because you exactly. you isolated out the Irish and you made them feel that these were the only people that, that were, were listening to. Exactly right. I think one of the um, fears, many um, fears, and contradictory terms of all of this is this whole debate around free speech. You know, mm. this came on, and, and um, Theresa May quoted this in her statement as well. She was, talk, she was talking about the horrific attacks in Paris, and she was saying, you know, um, in the wake of what happened, and it's it's awfully poignant um, that in a time where we're talking about free speech and opinion, should we now be afraid to express any opinion that the government disagrees with? Yeah, at this time when Charlie Hebdo and and Just Sweet Charlie and and all this talk of free speech, they want to criminalise ideas. And, and that inherent hypocrisy is actually dangerous um, in the, the fact that that hypocrisy will in itself lead to probably more radicalization, not less. Um, well, I think we found that most research has um, indicated that these sorts of measures prevent, has been counterproductive. Mm. Um, Ten years on from 7-7, um, they found that that prevent policies have been counterproductive. We've got paper after paper which has shown yeah. that to be the case. And I know we heard of X, the XMI5 chief coming out and saying we need to be more robust and more active and Tony Blair and all sorts of individuals like that. Being, it's not working, yeah. clearly. I, I think the the empirical evidence from uh, academic research, and Nadim, you'll be able to back this up more, is that the, the conveyor belt theory, which prevent is, is based upon, that's the foundation upon which uh, pre prevent is built upon, which is that as you become more religious, as you express your, your religious identity, you automatically sort of move along a conveyor belt and pose more and more and more of a threat. This has been debunked from, from academic sources. Uh, Professor Aaron Karundi, Professor Rizwan Sabir, uh, Professor Doug Weeks, I, I mean, the list goes on. Absolutely, absolutely. These sort of ideas um, that, you know, by spying and sort of policing thoughts that have nothing to do with extremism is going to stop extremism is that like, it should be self-evident that this is ridiculous um but you have all these um studies as you mentioned that that completely disprove prevent that completely disprove um this type of narrative that you know if we somehow you know a, a child is 
uh, talking about Allah in, in class, a six-year-old child, thought that he's going to be an extremist, or his parents are, you are extremists. Well, we saw it's that ridiculous. in Paris, didn't we? The mm. eight-year-old boy who um, didn't want to participate in the minute silence um, um, was then, you know, we saw all sorts happening in the rest of An eight-year-old yeah. boy. I would, just, I would just actually like to make uh, one point, which is that um, this legislation is, is not just sort of talking about violent extremism, it's also yeah. about non-violent extremism now as well. I mean, it's not. It's well, that, specifically targeting non-violent yeah, exactly non extremism, exactly. and, and, and the that's ideas, completely yeah, undefined within the legislation. Yeah. Their, their only definition of non-violent um, extremism is things that go against British values. Well, I would say that exceptionalism goes against British values. Criminalising thought goes against British values. Forced relocation, which he returns in this legislation, goes against British values. Surveillance society. Surveillance society goes against British values. And the, I, I was at the, a demonstration yesterday and I, and I said to the crowd that what, what are we expecting our teachers to do here? We, we're taking people who are trained to educate, people who are trained to treat the sick and asking them to know the difference between theological debates that have been going on in Islam for hundreds of years. If a child doesn't want to play the recorder, um, then uh, is, is that going to be seen as a sign of radicalism? Yeah. Um, Arsen Qureshi is warned of massive over-reporting on this. Well, that, that rally you were at again, brings up another point to this is otherness and this idea of otherness which, which this sort of legislation we know breeds is also encouraged by the media. You know, um, with the killing of those three individuals, uh, three Muslims in America, massive underreporting. The rally that you were at obviously yeah. was, was was held Muslim for, for them. Mm. Yeah, and this I, this idea that Muslims are somehow creating an otherness or a divide within the community is completely ridiculous. When you know clearly, from what we're seeing, this type of legislation targeting any one community, and then the way it's reported is clearly coming from them. Well, this is, this is the point as well. I mean, um, the the brother killed. There yeah, was. A community worker who worked in Syria, an aid worker, yeah. and that is something that's going to be what was criminalised to, to think about that or to go and to Syria and well, also it, to it, Turkey rather. It's all, it's well, that's it's exactly what's come through. This has already yeah. been criminalised now. Yeah. Where, you know, right now passports can be seized. Yeah. You know, we know this law has gone through, and that's what's um, that's as I said when we first had CTS law. Incredibly scary, just because of the secrecy, um, the uh, the fact that it's undefined and the parameters aren't mm. complete. We don't know, you know, the levels to which it can it can extend is is, is beyond um, what we've seen. I do. I think one of the one of the things you you hit on the really important point is the secrecy of it all. Um, the the fact that. On, based on um, uh, secret reporting, people could then be forced into channel program and, and other parts of this uh, the system be put on watch lists. And I know from personal experience what it is to be accused of something based on secret evidence. Um, I, I was put on a control order um, and had two years I was held under house arrest on the basis of secret evidence. Part of that being somebody made an anonymous call to the anti-terror hotline while they were drunk just because I've become Muslim and they thought that was a strange thing to do and that ended up being part of the evidence that ruined my life for two years. The police didn't do any checks on that. The police never went and spoke to her. We called them out on this in, in, in court and they did no checks. They didn't need to because we weren't even meant to know about the call in the first place. Well, I spoke to um, an individual who's currently um, in Pakistan who I couldn't even, I can't even name him. He's known as, you know, A. Um, I think it was a 
uh, something A, like Edison or something B. And yeah. the fact was, this man didn't know for what reason he had lost his citizenship to Britain, wasn't able to come back. His trial was being held in secret here in Britain. His, his, his legal representative, he can't speak to. Like, it was crazy. He doesn't even know what, what he's done. Yeah. I mean, it's Kafkaesque. I mean, that's all, that is literally, it's ex it sums it up exactly. I mean, just for, for people that don't know, like, why, what does that mean? What, what is Kafkaesque? Uh, <laughs> Kafkaesque essentially um, refers to these sort of draconian, sort of almost wild, um, you know, laws and um, surveillance society that essentially it, it is this taking away people's passports, taking away, restricting their movement. Uh, you know, talking about torture and, and policing thought and this kind of this kind of this kind of stuff. Um, and this is what we're facing. This is what we're looking at. That. People are facing. I mean, I'm going to um, Tunisia in March. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to come back because I could, quite frankly, approach uh, border control and my passport can be taken away. That mm. is Kafkaesque, right? Without, yeah. without even knowing, <laughs> without why. even knowing why uh, that that's, that's that's being done. I mean, so we, we we've all been discussing <clears throat> today amongst ourselves. What should be the our community's reaction to this, and how, as a community, do we move forward from this? And not be kowtowed, not be frightened, and, and re retreat into our shells. Because I, I mean, I for one think that, that this requires and demands upon us um, a, a, a strong and proactive reaction. What, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think what we have to acknowledge is that the the terror alert here is severe, right? They've put this, whether it is, uh, whether how accurate it is, is, is one thing. The fact is, it's not severe, right? The country is afraid. Mm -hmm. And we, as as people uh, who are part of society, have to acknowledge that all people, whether yeah. you're Muslim, not Muslim, whatever. And when you're in climates of fear, you have to like, you have to acknowledge that, you have to realize that you almost come together as opposed to, um, as opposed to having the need to spy on each other, as opposed to having the need to sort of to take a side and take a corner and pocket yourself and say, do you know what? I'm afraid of sort going of to my doctor or I'm afraid of speaking to my physician because this and this might happen. I think we need to not be fearful of that and, and actually like brand together because I think that will further isolate the community. I know, I realize that there is a great fear now by the Muslim community. People are scared. They're not going to want to feel um, comfortable. But the reality is, if we start to pocket ourselves and um, and not sort of uh, uh, you know work with other people in society, then I think it will just make things worse. Uh, I think just to add to that as well, I, we need to remember that the teachers and the GPs and the opticians that are being coerced yeah. uh, into sort of abiding by the legislation. You know, a lot of them, most of them, don't want to be coerced into this. They don't want to spy and report and, you know, make people, make Muslims feel guilty. This legislation threatens them with up to 10 years. Well, exactly, exactly. So it is, it is important uh, for us That's as communities to come, yeah, again, yeah, as I yeah. to come together and support our GPs, support our teachers, uh, and make sure that, you know, that, that they know that we are there for them as well. Um, mm -hmm. Because it, it is affecting all of us. Yeah. I think... The, what you both said sums up so much of how our reaction needs to be. I think that one of the things that we have to remember is that tests come from Allah and that this is upon us not to compromise our deen, not to compromise our principles that we believe in and to show that 
um, in many ways actually now, as, 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 we, as this country becomes more Orwellian and Kafkaesque, we're actually uh, extolling more of the virtues. Um, when you were talking about like coming together, it reminded me of Blitz Spirit. Do you know what I mean? This this idea that during the war, when the, when when the Britain was being bombed, everyone clubbed together and stuck together and, and, and made their way through it. And we do. We need to we need to embrace that feeling and come together as a community and come together across communities to 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 fight for basic rights um, for for all people. Okay. Well, uh, with that, we'll uh, we'll wrap up. Jazakallah um, khairan for listening and uh, inshallah we hope to do another one of these very soon um, from myself and my guests. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.